Hello there. Welcome to the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host, Colin Brown, and I'm joined today by Bob D. Hello there. What we're going to talk about today is our recent trip to IQ Games in Huddersfield. They had an extended tournament that fell the weekend after the points changes. We went along to try out some new lists and see what other people were getting up to. Bob, what did you take and how did you get on? I criminally took four K-Wings, each of which had barrage rockets and a proton bomb. One of them had Sabine sitting on the back. It was a list that I'd seen run previously, hadn't run it myself. With the points changes, it meant that every ship could take a proton bomb and there was still a little bit spare. And that meant that uh, all four ships represented a significant offensive threat. Previously, when I seen it played, Sabine didn't have a lot else on her and, and had to hide in a corner to try and get value out of the bombs. And it was a list that I found a little dull, if I'm blunt. The options you have with the K-Wing are limited because the dial is natively very poor. So you're looking to do the slam to manoeuvre the ships into a position where there's something exciting is going on. But the problem is that slam, you are not shooting with the primary weapon. The Or the barrage rockets. Or the barrage rockets, yeah. yeah. The next difficulty is trying to focus fire on a target with four media bases. They take up a huge amount of mm-hmm. real estate. Mm-hmm. And if you can line one shot up, that's, that's fine. If you can line two up, that's good. If you get three on a target, that's really excellent. If you can throw in some uh, side arc shots as well, brilliant. But the difficulty is getting the relatively low initiative Warden Squadrons all targeted on the same ship before it just disappears. Yeah, I can see how it, it's not something that's ever appealed to me, really, to fly. I think the strength of the list is in the fact that it's got a large amount of health. And you just try and grind your opponent down slowly over the course of the game. All of my, uh, my games went to time. And yeah. that's not the sort of list I like to fly. I like to get in there and, and trade blows and see who comes outstanding. Yeah. And I think the, it's not a list that inspires me. It's interesting from a sort of technical point of view because they do have effectively a 270-degree arc. Yeah, they're the closest thing in the game to uh, an old-school turret, really, aren't they? But there's still the safe spots at range one and behind them, of course, you can drop a bomb and that can hurt Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can close into them as long as you're solely within their their front arc at range one. You're not going to get shot in return because the barrage rockets are range two to three only. Yeah, very susceptible to blocks, I imagine. Uh, Hugely susceptible to blocks. And one of the real problems with the list is it just ends up tripping over its own feet. You've got so much real estate covered by those 4K wings that that you end up self-blocking even when you don't want to. And then the alternative is to starburst away from the engagement, and that leaves you badly out of position when you want to bring the ships around and focus fire. The barrage rockets are good, but it's not straightforward to line up the bullseye arc for rerolls. And if you're relying on them to do all the offence, then they're going to run out of charges. One thing to to take a turn to reload a bomb, very different to try and um, reload a decent amount of charges on barrage rockets so that they can have an effective shot next time. Yeah, do you think it might be worth putting advanced slam on so that you can slam away and reload on the turn and have get all your weapon disabled tokens out of the way at the same time? Yes, but you'd have to drop. You'd have to drop quite or, yeah, it'd have to drop yeah. something to to make room for that. And yeah. I, what I quite liked about the list was that it was four identical ships. Uh, a little bit like a version 2.0 of, of quad TLT, but on the table I found it was a lot less effective than, than quad TLT. 
it was doing a very, very different job. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a horrible. I mean, yeah. I don't pretend the K wings aren't a horrible list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got 36 points of health to chew through, and that's going to take a long time. And certainly, I, I, I didn't necessarily feel that uh, all of my opponents relished the challenge. In fact, one of my opponents wouldn't even play me. As I recall, he took me to the pub in Game 3 rather than actually play X-Wing. I wonder who that could have been. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly wasn't me. Yes, it was. Okay, yeah. <laughs> On that bombshell, shall we discuss what it was that I took? Yeah, what was your list? So my list was, this was Rebels, Han Solo, Arvel Crinid, Wedge, Antilles, X-Wing. So the exact build was Wedge had Lone Wolf, that was it. Arvel had Intimidation and Crackshot, and Han Solo bit of a beast he had Kane and Jarrus crew R2D2 crew Trickshot and Inertial Dampeners wow the main thing I wanted to get out of the day was what I thought Han was like you know we t- we had our episode about big ship turrets and if they were any good and then Han excitingly dropped a lot of points along with some other things but I thought yeah I'll give him a go and see how it goes I found him the, I think the thing with the list was I found Han to be good so he's got a lot of tricks. If he gets behind rocks, he's triggering trick shot and he's getting four dice. He's able to use his re-rolls to mean he doesn't really get bad variants. He has Kanan, he's very good. He gives you a force point, so you can use that for dice mods when attacking or defending. He lets you clear stress in a white move, so you don't need engine upgrades. You can do a red boost and have a lot of options left the next turn. He lets you fly over debris and clear the stress in the same turn, so you can do very unexpected things. I thought he was great. And R2-D2 for a bit of regen. Again, synergy with Han's ability, because you ever do roll a hit to expose a damage card, you re-roll it if you're near a rock. And inertial dampeners, the point in that was, you can, at initiative 6, decide to stop by spending a shield and gaining a stress token. But you can then just regen that shield with R2-D2. So the idea is, at, at initiative 6, if you're moving last, you should basically never get shot if you get to the end game, because you can either do the manoeuvre you've dialed in and do a, a boost, or you can hard stop, stay in place. And did you find you were using that quite a lot? To be honest, no. Um, <laughs> is that because you flew so brilliantly that you never needed to rely on emergency measures like dampeners? No, I think, well, I did tend to be like, quite far away. Like, I found you want hand to be shooting as well, and I thought in a lot of situations, right, well, I can stop here, but I won't get a shot. I'm not really improving my position that much. And really, it's made me rethink my hand build. I think if I took off R2-D2 and inertial dampeners, I can put on Lando Crew, who's only two points now, bargain, and uh, Hotshot Gunner as well. Well, flying the K-Wings, the only game I, I really felt that I had very little chance of winning was against Han, flown by Martin Purvis, with the Hotshot on hotshot it. Gunner, yeah. And it, it meant that if I managed to position myself where I could get a shot at hand that was pointless because i wouldn't so i always needed to have at least two ships pointing at hand or rely on the side arc primary and even the given that wedge was floating about ready to make real damage inroads into the k-wings it became very difficult and it wasn't long before ham was was just ripping chunks out of the k-wings yeah okay. i tried to sort of leave minefield of bombs van to fly into but they just weren't producing enough damage to uh, cripple him. Hotshot Gunner for me I, it was a bit of a revelation. I think it's good. I think as well if you look R2-D2 can regen a max of one shield a turn like the capacity of Hotshot Gunner obviously it's not going to do it every time but it could if someone rolls three focuses and you've stripped their focus that's three damage potentially. I think it also does a lot as it protects your wingmen. You can strip focus off things when, when they're shooting your allies not just on Han himself. But I think it's definitely something I'll look, at, look into. Um, 
all in all, it was, it was quite a scary event. There were some fairly big names there, guys like Rob Ram and Lou Whittam, who yeah. were, were accomplished players. Yeah. Did Kester win it in the end? Kester won, yeah. And what, was he, what did he have? So Kester was flying very surprising list, I think everyone thought, which was Whisper and a Decimator. An actual decimator. An actual decimator. I, I didn't think they'd made it into 2.0. I thought they were a myth. I thought they <laughs> melted them all down. But there it was. It was sitting on the table. He won it. Shall we run through his yeah, list and was... see why we think it was good? So on Whisper, it's not a very surprising Whisper build, I think, to be honest. It's now that we've seen Darth Vader crew come away, or the crew slot, rather, come off the Phantom. So he had Whisper with Duke. Makes sense. He gets the free evades. He had Stealth Device for a bit of extra defense. Fifth Brother for the Force Point for... For mods, getting crits, and he had collision detector, so he can do things like decloak onto rocks and still shoot you. Yeah, I mean, of. you would have seen those before. Point Duke, collision detector, and stealth device. You would have seen on Whisper before the points changes. Yes, definitely. But the Desi, Desi was definitely interesting. So he had um, Rear Admiral Shirino, Initiative Five. His ability is if he's shooting at someone in his I don't know how to describe it. His reinforce arc, his one hundred and eighty degree arc. If he's shooting at someone in the same arc that he is reinforcing in, you can turn an eyeball to a crit. That's um, changed quite significantly from the first edition version. Yeah, well, it was still changing an eyeball to a crit, whereas in 1.0 it was at range 1 to 2. Now it's with arc. And yeah. on him he had Trickshot, he had Minister Tua, and she's good in Decimators because she lets you, if you're damaged, Decimators get damaged pretty quickly, you can perform a, a red reinforce action. Okay. At the so start of the engagement like, phase. A bit like Asana Sard? Yeah, definitely from 1.0. So it lets you get perfect information on which side you should reinforce. It's just a bit of action economy. Decimators lack, so I think that's good. The other crew choice, definitely interesting, is Darth Vader. You yeah. can't put Darth Vader on Whisper. Clearly you put it somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, Kester has, has been obsessed with Decimators for some time. And he's also quite keen on Darth Vader, whether he's in his own ship or just as crew. Yeah. Uh, just thematically, and, and he is a guy who, who likes his themey stuff. But yeah. Vader, I think, maybe even works better on Chirinu than he does on, on Whisper. If you can point the firing arc in different directions, you're not you like choice. the Phantom where you're, you're relatively predictable. He wants to get into that point where he can position the, the firing arc on you. He's going to be pointing at you, whereas the Desi can do it as it's running away. True, true. I mean, it's nice on Whisper because, you know, the entire combo is right there. Whisper can do every part of it. You can strip the token, juke you, everything like that. So if the Desi dies, Whisper loses that ability. But, I mean, it's definitely very strong, considering that you can't put Vader on Whisper anymore. And what else did he have to finish uh, off? Hotshot Gunner. Hotshot Gunner. We were just talking about it. It is good. Stripping it, mods keeps stuff alive. It seems to have come out of nowhere to be the dominant northern meta card, doesn't it? <laughs> seems so, yeah. I mean, seven points. Pretty cheap. Well, the points are interesting on this list. I, I did a, a quick back of the envelope. Yeah. This list would have come in at, at something like 206, 207 points uh, before the points changes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so a lot of that will be in the drop and the decimator, I suppose. They yeah. all came down. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, big, yeah. the big saving is in the deci yeah, uh, yeah. itself. There's, there's other little bits that are slightly cheaper, but stuff like Trickshot is actually dearer. But it, it all balances out to be a, a, a list that uh, would have been a lot dearer before the start of last week. Yeah. It's definitely very interesting. I remember when we were talking about the points changes, we all said, what is the point of the decimator? Well, maybe this. Turns out it can yeah. go to a 30-man event, relatively casual, but with some experienced players in it, and do really, really, really well. Really well. Although Kester is, as you said before, a very good player, especially with decimators. I'm sure I could take this list very middling. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that's, I think that's the phantoms, though. And yeah. it's also, Chester has huge experience with how to manage the resource that is the decimator's health. Yeah, That's true. the problem. I mean, if you leave them out in the sun, they just melt, so you've got to be very careful. Yeah, I'm um, sure it has been helped by the slight hit to proton torps. Yeah, sure, proton sure. torps are defeated. For sure. And, and I didn't see any proton torps. They must have been around in, in Huddersfield, but I didn't see any of them at all. I did not run into any personally. I think maybe people are taking the chance to explore other things. I think I will still put proton torps if I'm running Poe, for example, but it's definitely worth experimenting with. Well, ion torps uh, become more attractive if you're desperate to fill the slot, but I'd be tempted to make a decision about still whether I'm taking protons or nothing at all. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of ion torps personally, but you well, don't want to spend the points just for the sake of spending the points. Well, I discovered that uh, when I moved to my hand build for Sunday's tournament. Yeah. And ended up costing myself a game because ridiculously put Chopper onto AP5 with the result that my opponent racked up precisely the same number of points as me. And then I lost the final salvo and he went on to win the event. Well good done, Dave Wynn. Well yeah, done, well Dave, Dave Wynn. We had Dave Wynn on the last show and um, good win for him. But uh, it, it is a lesson. Uh, there's still a lot of the old 1.0 learning, which, which very much applies to 2.0. Yeah. Don't give your, your opponent the opportunity to take easy points from you. Yeah, fair. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about from IQ? Um, I was just say what a fantastic store it is. They've got a super strong local community. Yeah. The, the team IQ are, are always at the big events and in their, their home base, they are lovely, lovely, friendly people and I had a really good time. Yeah, I had a really great time as well. That shop is really cool. I love when you walk in, you go up the steps and it's just stuff everywhere. And, and it's also conveniently located to the Sportsman's Arms. Yeah, and to... Uh, the Hungarian food stand in the market was exceptional. It's a love, it is a genuinely lovely store. Yeah. Uh, and I hope we'll be getting there again soon. Yeah. And shout out to Mark Fairbrother for running the event. He did a good job. Yeah, fantastic. Despite job. me providing him with incorrect information at one point and messing up a pairing. But hey. sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this episode then. I don't think we've got anything else to mention about our weekend. We'll see you next time on Sith Snapshots. That's bye from me. And bye from me.